Thanks for watching today. I pray that the message you're about to hear will empower you to use your voice, help change the way you think, and refresh your spirit. If you'd like to follow along with Pastor's Notes, you can find them on the on-demand page of walkingbyfaith.tv or on our app. If you made Jesus your Lord and Savior, then your next step is to get water baptized. And today, Pastor Duane is going to show you why that is so important for your next step. But today, I am going to talk to you about water baptism. Um, just kind of as a springboard, I want to start with Matthew 11 and 12. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Uh, you probably, some of you weren't yet, but uh, you may not remember where you on May the 1st, 1975. May the, excuse me, the 5th, 1975. I know exactly where I was. I was in... I was in Keys Park. Uh, I was laying on a blanket studying for exams. Well, really, I wasn't studying. I was, I was faking it. All right? <laughs> Jeannie was on the same blanket, and she was probably studying. And uh, I was getting ready to ask her to marry me. Okay? Uh, we had met four months before. Right? And uh, we were in the same prayer meeting. And I'm getting ready to ask her to marry me. And basically, this is, you can ask yourself what I said. I said, I can't even promise you a mud hut in Africa. Because I knew we were going into ministry, but I didn't know what we were going to do. And I, I, I kind of, in my heart, knew we weren't going to be beginning, at least, uh, in the United States. I said, I can't promise you a mud hut in Africa, but I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And... Uh, Apart from getting saved, I think that was the best decision I've ever made. Uh, shortly thereafter, listen, we, uh, we went to Zales Jewelers in a mall in Dallas, bought a ring. I still remember. I'm Dutch. I remember exactly how much I paid. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jeannie put that ring right on, all right? Uh, she, she got it. She put the ring on, and, and she went and told her friends and then the, that we called her parents, uh, and I asked permission to marry her. And, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you do not come up and talk about that, okay? <laughs> but that, that ring was a symbol of our commitment and our relationship. Water baptism is the symbol. It's more but it's a symbol of our relationship with Jesus. Jesus asks us to be water baptized, to identify with him. That's what baptism, in part, is about. Jesus has risen from the dead, Matthew chapter 28. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. He says, go therefore, Make disciples, not just Christians, but disciples of all nations, doing what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is not just interested in your being a Christian and you're just getting to heaven. He wants you to be a disciple. Now, if you even look at the original 12, all right, uh, how many of you know they got a lot of stuff wrong? They, they did a lot of, that's why they're the disciples. 
because they did a lot of stuff. I mean, Peter, Peter ended up, Jesus rebukes him and says, get behind me, Satan. So they, it wasn't that they did everything right, right? But a disciple is a follower. A, a disciple is one who says, I'm going to be like my teacher, my master, like Jesus. Now, as a church, we want to see people get saved, but we also want them to follow Jesus and be disciples. In fact, as a church, we exist to win souls and make disciples. That's what we're here for, win souls and make disciples. But Jesus said the first thing that a person should do when they come to Jesus is to be water baptized. For every one of us, there's a next step, right? If, if you're not a Christian, well, the first step is to become one, is to receive Jesus. But once you receive him, then you need to be the first step, according to Jesus. I mean, you know, he's right. First step is to be water baptized. Now, for every one of us, after that, there's another first step. For you, it, it might be a daily time in prayer. It might be serving in church. It might be beginning to tithe. It might be receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, some, in fact, growth track is designed to help you find your next step, right? Now, let me ask you, how many of you, well, let me let, what's your, this is, what's your favorite movie? Shout it out. What's your favorite movie? Man, I heard all kinds of different stuff. I'm going to ask another question. What is your favorite ice cream? Well, here's what I want you to catch. There's a lot of opinions about what's the best movie. There's a lot of opinions about what's the best ice cream. But there should be no opinions about what is the first step for someone once they come to Jesus. Because Jesus told us what the first step should be. He said, be baptized. Peter said, repent, get saved, and be baptized. For every Christian, the first step when you come to Jesus is to be baptized. And basically, you're going public. You're going public for Jesus. When Jeannie got the ring, I didn't say to her, now, don't show anybody. No, no that was the exact opposite, all right? When we're married... Uh, it, it's like, we, I want everybody to know we're married. This is not private, right? This is public. We're going public with our relationship. In Acts chapter 8, Philip finds the eunuch in the desert. He preaches to the eunuch. And it says that they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, see, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Came up out of the water, and the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more, but he went his way rejoicing. Acts 10, Peter preaches at Cornelius' house. The Holy Spirit falls. And, the, and uh, this is what Peter said. He said, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized? We will see the Holy Spirit as we have. And he commanded them. 
to be baptized. What did he do? He commanded them to be baptized. Listen, if you have not been baptized since you believe, I command you to be baptized. I command you. Acts 16. Listen. They're in prison. Paul and Silas are in prison. The earth, there's an earthquake. Everybody's bonds fall off. The jailer comes in and sees they haven't left, and he falls down, and he says, what do I need to do to be saved? And he tells them, look, you need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. This goes for you and for your household. And uh, immediately, they get baptized. And it says, immediately he was baptized in all his household. And then they brought them out into the house, set food before them, and rejoiced greatly, since he had believed in God with his entire house. Now, listen, infant baptism, I'm going to talk about it in just a moment. Uh, it was never in the church until the year three, 350. It's something that Christians added, but it's not in the Bible. There's 27 instances in the New Testament where people are baptized. I'm going to tell you about every one of them. Every one of them has to do with somebody who believed. Notice that this Philippian jailer, he and all his house rejoiced. All of them were old enough, right? They all rejoiced at what happened. Every single time in the New Testament, without exception, it's immersion. Now, I'll explain this. King James, it's very early in the 17th century. Church of England, decides we're going to put a Bible into the English language. The Church of England baptizes infants. So they get the translators together. And the translators realize, if we translate from the Greek the word bautizo, and we translate it the way that it actually means, which is it, the definition is to immerse. That is the definition. If we translate it immerse, King James We'll have our heads. However, if we just translate it sprinkle, God's going to have our heads. Because the Bible says whoever changes anything will have no part, no part in the kingdom of God. And so they're like, hey, we got to do something. So here's what they did. They invented a word. They coined the word baptism. The very first time it appears anywhere is in the King James Bible. And they just took baptizo. They transliterated it, baptism, and said, you figure out what it means. Because we're not telling. Because we want to live. And we don't want to, we don't want to violate Scripture. So literally, John, the baptizer, if you were to translate it, it's John the immerser. That's what his name is, John the Immerser. And when it says Jesus was baptized, it says literally Jesus was immersed. So every time in the New Testament, 27 times, it's always believers. And every time that it's mentioned, it's always mentioned as being an immersion. 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to the cross. He went public for you and for me. Christianity, listen, is personal 
but it is not private. It's personal, but it is not private. It was never meant to be private. Uh, When you are a Christian, you're to be a Christian publicly. And the way we identify, the way that we go public, we identify with Jesus, when we go public, it's through baptism. Now, again, I was personally um, sprinkled. You say, how do you know? They told me. I don't know if I was a month old or how old I was when my, my parents took me to church, right? And I was sprinkled. Now, when you are rebaptized, so to speak, you are not saying what happened was not significant. What you're really doing is you're fulfilling what took place when you were a child. Your parents dedicated you. The, the, the need for immersion, I believe every believer needs to be baptized after they believe and they need to be immersed. Again, infant baptism was no place in the church until 350 years after the church began. Right? No one was sprinkled. Now, some of you say, well, am I going to go to hell if I was sprinkled? No, not at all. Not at all. Right? But Bible baptism right, is baptism by immersion. Now, Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. You tend to think about that as just being go to heaven. But the word saved means to be delivered, to be protected, to be healed, to to, uh, be made whole, to be preserved. And remember, Jesus himself was baptized by John in the Jordan River. Now, to do that, Jesus walked over 60 miles. He walked 60 miles. I'm just asking you to get in your car. (laughs) Water baptism gives glory to God. When you stand in that water, you're saying, I'm no longer living for myself, but I'm living for Jesus. Jesus didn't die on a cross just to get you out of heaven, excuse me, out of hell into heaven. He died on a cross so that he could get himself out of heaven and into you. Jesus said, pray your kingdom come. And some of us wrongly see Jesus as just a simple get out of hell free card. When when we're baptized, we are saying, my life belongs to Jesus. That's That's what we're saying. We're saying my old person is dead, and now I belong to Jesus. He doesn't want to just get you to heaven. He wants to get the kingdom of heaven on the inside of every one of us. Right? And again, Jesus walked 60 miles, 60 miles to be baptized. If Jesus had to walk 60 miles, I think it shows us the importance of water baptism. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. And again, that's just not talking about going to heaven. There is so much more to water baptism. It is not simply a Christian ritual, right? It is so much more. It's an exit. It's a burial. It's a promise for more. Uh, If you have not been immersed, should I get immersed? Yes, you should. If you were not saved 
before you were baptized, you should get baptized. The Bible says repent and be baptized. It's not be baptized and then repent. And for most of us that were baptized as children, uh, we were baptized in 10, 20 years later, we repented. If you were not saved and you were baptized, you were just a wet sinner. And so many of us, we were too young to even remember. Now, it's significant that your parents baptized you because they were dedicating you. And you're not negating what they did. You're confirming what they did. You're saying, yes, what they dedicated me to God, and now I recognize I belong to him. And again, in all 27 instances in the New Testament, it's after people receive Jesus. Uh, It's our way of saying to God, I identify with Jesus. I give my life to Jesus. Personally, again, I was baptized as an infant, but I didn't receive Jesus until I was 20 years old. And a few months later, I couldn't say exactly how many, I'm going to say three or four, um, I was baptized. And nobody even talked to me about it. I just saw it in the Bible. But baptism is a symbol that we give our life to Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, Moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. See, when God brings the Israelites out of Egypt, it's a type of our coming out of the world. They come to the Red Sea and they're baptized. Right? The sea represents water baptism. They cross all night. And the Bible says that pillar of cloud was a pillar of fire, which represents baptism in the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So they were baptized both in water and in the Holy Spirit. So when someone is water baptized, it is a confession. Literally, the Bible tells us in the book of Peter, chapter 3 and verse 21, there is also an antitype which now saves us, baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but an answer of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Water baptism is a confession. It's a confession that your old man is dead, that you are a new person in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creature, a new creation. Old things have passed away. Now, when something, when, when, an, when someone dies, how many of you know what we do with them? We bury them. And baptism is a burial. Romans 6, verse 4, therefore we were buried with him through baptism unto death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So the Bible says when you are baptized, you are burying the old man. You're saying that old life is over. And notice Jesus arose to live in newness of life, even so also we should walk in newness of life. Of life. There is not, how we say that, this is not 
just some ceremony. The power of God is present at water baptism. It is present to cut off the past. See, water baptism is an exit from the world. Just like for the Israelites, it was an exit from, from, uh, from Egypt. It's a confession that we now have a clear conscience because of our identification with Christ. It's a burial of the old man. And it is a barrier, right? It's a barrier. You say, what, do you, what does that mean? Well, Moses said this to the children of Israel. Do not be afraid, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you will see no more again for ever. So water baptism is a barrier or it's a wall. The sin, I believe this. There are people who have sin in their life, Christian people. And they keep trying and trying to get free. But what water baptism is, is it is a barrier. It's a wall. The Egyptians tried to go through the water and were drowned. And what the Bible is telling us in the same way at water baptism, by faith, you drowned the sins, the things that try to follow you from your old life into your new life. That's why Jesus said, he who, is, who believes and is baptized will be saved. He's not just talking about going to heaven. In fact, you can go to heaven without being water baptized. But there are things in our life from our old life that try to follow us. And baptism is the place where they are cut off, where there is a barrier to keep those things in the old life. And the Bible says you arise to live in newness of life. When you come out of the waters of baptism, you're to live a different life by the power of God, right? Literally, the dirtiest water in all of Grand Rapids ought to be the baptismal waters, all right? Because there's drug addiction, there's gambling addiction, there's porn addiction, there's immorality, there's depression. Everything gets left in the waters of baptism. And the Bible says by faith, just like Jesus came up and lived a new life, you are to come up and live in newness of life. Again, it's an answer of a good conscience towards God. 1 Peter 3, verse 21. It's identification with Jesus. Romans 6, 4. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. We identify with him. He was buried. We are buried through baptism with Christ. And it is a promise for more. Peter said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. How many of us are to be baptized after we repent? Everyone. Everyone. For the remission of sin and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit. It's to you, to your children, to as many as are far off, as many as the Lord your God will call. So what he's saying is this, that at water baptism, there is an anointing from God to receive more, to receive more. When Jesus was baptized in water, the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove. The Holy Spirit descended upon him at water baptism. The children of Israel go through the Red Sea. It's water baptism, but they're under the cloud. 
1 Corinthians chapter 10. And they're baptized in, under that fiery cloud, a type of spirit baptism. So the Bible tells us when we're baptized in water, there is an anointing, all right? The spirit of God, the presence of God, the anointing of God is there to receive the Holy Spirit and to receive things that God has for you and I. Um, I want to just ask you, what are you waiting for? Are you afraid? There's no need to be afraid. Start obeying Jesus. Start to walk in that newness of life. Put that barrier there from your past. As the Bible says, thus Israel saw the great works which the Lord had done in Egypt, so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Baptism is saying God has done great things for me. He's delivered me from my old life, and I'm going to live in newness of life. Now, if you have been baptized, and you say, man, I didn't know any of that. Well, you can go back by faith. Romans 1.16 says this, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it, the gospel, is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. So the gospel, the message of what Jesus did for you and me, it is the power of God. In other words, when we believe the message, the power of the event is present. When you believe the message, the power of the event is present. The gospel is the power of God. The gospel is the good news about what Jesus did for you and for me. Right? So we can go back by faith to the time that we were water baptized. Now, somebody says, well, I want to do it again. Do it again. Do it again. There, there's no place in the Bible that says, no, you can't do it again. In fact, uh, very often we go to it, when we go to Israel, there's people who want to get rebaptized. Right? They say, well, I want to be baptized in the Jordan River like Jesus. I always say, just do it again. Do it again. But you don't have to. You can go back by faith because the gospel is the power. And that is such an important truth that when we believe the message of the gospel, the very power of the event is present. The power of the event is present. At baptism, our faith connects with what Jesus did for us. That's what baptism is. It's at baptism that your faith is to connect with everything that Jesus did for you. Uh, for example, when the, when the Jews would go to the temple, they had the, the mikvah. It was a pool. And every time they were going into the temple, they would baptize. They would get baptized. Right? They would get baptized. And what they were saying, to become pure, ceremonially pure, uh, after a state of temporary impurity, right, they would be rebaptized. Now, I don't believe you need to do that every time. I know you don't need to. You can go by faith. You can go by faith. But it says, I want to do that again. At baptism, you connect your faith to everything that Jesus did for you and for me. When Jesus was going to be baptized by John, John says, no, I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus said, permit it to be so now. For thus it is fulfitting, fulfitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus said, 
I need to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness. If Jesus needed to be baptized, you need it and I need it. Again, if you've been water baptized, you can go by faith. You can go by faith to that spot again. Or if you say, I want to be rebaptized, you can do that. If you have not been baptized since you believed, you need to be baptized. Make that decision. I am going to publicly identify with Jesus. So I want to thank you for being with us today, but I want to ask you a question before we close. I want to ask if you're right with God. You know, some of us, we, we live for God at one point, but we've drifted away from God. And others, you don't know where you stand with God. But the Bible says this. It says, know that you have everlasting life. We're not supposed to die and find out if we make it to heaven. We're supposed to know now that we're forgiven, right with God, and on our way to heaven. And if you don't know that, you're not where you should be with God. So if you're that person who's away from God, or you're the person who says, I don't know where I stand with God, or I want to be right with God, I want to pray a prayer with you. The Bible says, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, we're going to call on his name the way the Bible tells us to. And if you pray this prayer from your heart, when we say amen, you're going to be right with God. You are going to be saved. You are going to be on your way to heaven. I want you to make these words your own. Just say this out loud. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. Jesus is my King. Jesus is my Lord. And I will live for him every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, a part of your family, today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer from your heart, please, please, I wrote a book that'll help you keep on growing spiritually. And I want to give you that book absolutely free of charge. All the information is right there on your screen. You can download the book. Or if you need a hard copy, if you'll contact us, we will get you that hard copy. Hey, we love you and God bless you. If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. And we're so excited for you. Just as Pastor had said, we'd love to send you a free copy of his book, Your New Life. Log on to walkingbyfaith.tv and have it mailed to you. Download it right there instantly, or you can find it on our app. It is absolutely free and a great resource for you to have. Walking by Faith is used on and off the air to change the lives of all those around the world. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, please consider becoming a partner with us. You can either visit walkingbyfaith.tv slash give, text resgive to 94000 and select Walking by Faith in the menu, or select the giving icon on our app. Find us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and on your favorite social platform by searching WBF TV. Also, check out our app in your favorite app store. You can download past sermons, follow along on notes, speak confessions over your life, and so much more. If you'd like to be water baptized, the best thing for you to do is contact your local church. Have a great week.